Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Good morning via technology. Uh, You have no idea how incredibly bummed out I am that I'm not with you right now in person. Uh, But at the same time, how incredibly thankful and excited that I am that we have technology. So via technology today, I can still be with you and share God's word. I'm so excited today to preach, so excited this morning to open the Bible and share with you what God has been speaking to us as a teaching team and what we believe God has for us as a community this morning. And so with that in mind, would you go with me to Philippians chapter 3? You can flip to Philippians, like Bible jokes that nobody thinks is funny. But Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 12, we're going to read today Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, all the way through verse 15. And uh, we're, we're concluding today a series that we've been in for the entire month of January called Only God Can Do It. Only God Can Do It. And if, if you've been with us, then you know this, but just in case you haven't been with us, this series, Only God Can Do It, is more than just a sermon series for our church. Really what it is, is it is what we believe is the theme, or let me say it this way, the word of the Lord for our church in 2022. That as a church corporately, but also individually, we believe that what God is saying to us is that this will be a breakthrough year where we will see God do what only God can do. And we started this series the very first week of January talking about this, that we serve a supernatural God. I think sometimes it's easy for you and I to forget that we really do serve the God of the impossible. And in fact, we've been using this verse every single week, Mark chapter 9, verse, verse 23, it says this, that to him who believes, all things are possible. Jesus said that if you can believe, If you have the faith, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. We we said the very first week in the series, here's the reality. There is nothing that is impossible for God. There is absolutely nothing that is impossible for our God. God can do anything and every single person is included in that. We, we looked at this verse in, in Acts, the very first week of the series, Acts 10, 34 through 35, and Peter says something. He says, in truth, I perceive, it's, it's starting to occur to me, that God shows no partiality. In other words, God doesn't play favorites. We, we might play favorites here and there, but God does not play favorites. God shows no partiality, no personal favoritism. The the book of Galatians says, but Peter says that anyone who will simply do what God has said, anyone who will fear God and align themselves with his word and his ways, God will do for anyone what he has done for another. We started this series just in this reality that we serve the God of of the impossible, that nobody is excluded and that every single one of us, we have the opportunity, we have the, the, the ability, the potential to build, to, 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 to begin to allow God to help us to build faith, to believe him for the impossible. And since that week, we have every single week, we've been talking about 
different things that God, through his word, instructs for us to do to begin to align ourselves to see him do the impossible. Now, in, in, in case you're thinking this is a formula, we're not talking about a formula. There are no exact formulas. One plus one equals two in God's kingdom, but rather there are principles that allow us to begin to align our life so that we can see God do what he's promised to you and I that he will do. And so we we talked about in this series a a, a number of things, but, but I'll start here. We talked about the importance of us going back and remembering what is it that God has said. You know, you know, here's the reality. We, we, we said it the second week in the series, but God is under no obligation to bless your good ideas and my good ideas. God's under no obligation to put his hand on and to bless the good things, the fun things that we've conjured up. No, rather, Numbers 23, 19, God said, I'm not a man that, that I lie or that I change my mind. But, but when I've spoken something, I'm committed to it. And I'm so committed to it that I will ensure with the power of my outstretched arm, I will ensure that that thing comes to pass. I will do it. We talked about how we have to first come back and remember what is it that God has said? What what is the word of the Lord for your life? What What does the Bible say? What is the vision that God's given you? What is God speaking to you right here right now. And as we we remember what God's word has said, we then begin to realign our life to it. We ask the Holy Spirit to help us take an honest evaluation of where we are. We ask the Holy Spirit to help us to begin to to realign. And then we, what we're going to talk about today, then we begin to restructure and we begin to actually make the changes that God is asking us to make. As a matter of fact, if you're taking notes this morning, you can write down the title of the sermon. The title of the sermon I want to preach this morning is a, a message that I'm calling this, simply make the change. Make the change. Come on, I know I'm not there, but would you just elbow your neighbor? Come on, I, I, I've been at Lakeshore long enough to know that like 25% of you did that, so I need full participation. Will you just elbow your neighbor and just say, make the change. Make the change. We're talking about today, as we've been in this series about reposturing our life, aligning ourselves for the breakthrough that God desires and has promised, talking about today actually now making the change, actually now putting action to what God said, and, and really we're talking about being doers of God's word. I ask you to turn with me to Philippians, Philippians chapter 3. Uh, again, we're going to read verses 12 through 15, and here's, here's what it says. The Apostle Paul is writing, and the Apostle Paul says, not that I've already or, uh, attained or am already perfected. It's not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Listen to what he says. He says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. But one thing I do, he says, forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Verse 15, he says, therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. 
The Apostle Paul, he says what we mentioned uh, last week in, in this series, something that is pretty amazing. And, and it's pretty amazing when, when you realize and recognize that the Apostle Paul, he is one of the chief architects of the New Testament. Other than Jesus, Paul is the main writer, the main author, the main uh, individual whom God used through the power of his spirit to put pen to paper and to, to articulate the truths of God's word. Paul is one of the chief architects of the New Testament and, and, and a man who most certainly has great revelation great understanding into God's word, great understanding into, into the, the principles and the laws and the ways of God's kingdom. And, and to, to be a man that has such revelation and such understanding, it's, it's amazing that he says, still in all of this, one thing that I do, one thing that I have, that I've mastered, one thing that I've made sure that I put in place, it's this, that that I remember and recognize I have not arrived. I haven't arrived. I haven't fully apprehended or, or I'm not at, at an arrival point, but rather I'm committed to this continual process of forgetting those things which are behind me. I'm, I'm committed to this continual process of forgetting those things which are behind me, letting go of yesterday, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's indifferent, not holding on to anything, but, but rather being committed to continue to press and to reach forward towards what God has for me ahead. I want you to notice something with me that in verse 15, he says this, uh, Philippians three fifteen, he says, therefore let us, as many as are mature have, have, have this mind. In other words, what Paul is saying is, do you know what it looks like to be mature? Maturity recognizes seasons change. Maturity recognizes I can't hold on to forever this way of doing things. Whether it was good, whether it was bad, whether it was just somewhere in the middle, maturity recognizes I cannot hold on to or live as if I've reached an arrival point, but rather I have to continue to move forward in every area. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. First observation that I'd like to make this morning is simply this, that there will always be changes that we need to make there will always be changes that we need to make. The Apostle Paul, he, he says, you know what I've learned? And you know what I'm committed to? And, and do you know what maturity says? Maturity recognizes it doesn't matter what area of life we're talking about. There is no arrival point. Did you know that there is no arrival point at any area or in any area of life? That we will never come to a point in life in any area where we go, yep, Got it all figured out. Relationship with God, spiritual discipline, how to be full and fresh of the Holy Spirit. I just, I, I got it. Fully figured it out. Oh, evangelism? Yeah, bro, totally nailed it, figured it out. Back in 1988, you know, I got the revelation that really put the capstone. It, it won't happen. Well, you know, I, I've mastered being a husband. <laughs> Said nobody ever. Well, I completely figured out how to be the best parent ever. Said nobody ever. There's not a single area of life 
where we reach this arrival point, but rather, Paul says, maturity continues to say, I'm, I'm, I'm living season by season, and I'm not holding on to any way of thinking. I'm not holding on to any way of doing things. I, I'm not holding on to any one thing, but I'm continually in a process of renewal where I'm letting go of yesterday's habits. I'm letting go of yesterday's patterns. I'm letting go of yesterday's whatever it may be. And I'm reaching forward to God. What are you saying today? God, what are you saying right now? Brandon, how in the world do I know what those changes are? If in every area of life at all times there will be changes, how in the world do I know what changes that I need to make? Well, the Bible says this in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It's a verse you may be familiar with. Maybe you're not, but the Apostle Paul, he writes, and do not be conformed to this world. One translation says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. That pattern the, the way that the entire world lives and operates, don't get conformed to the pattern of this world, but rather be transformed. Well, how, how, do, how do I get transformed? He says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the continual renewing. I don't know if you know this, but that word renewing, it's actually the word renovate. A better translation of that word would be renovation. And, and we all know a renovation to some degree or another. It's taking out what was old. Come on, if you're, if you, if you're, you're renovating your kitchen, you're pulling out the old cabinets. You're pulling out the old countertops. You're pulling out the old tiling. And you're, you're putting something new in. The Apostle Paul says, don't get conformed to the pattern of this world, but rather be transformed by the renovation the taking what is old and pulling it out and putting in what is new and what is fresh by the washing, the renewing, the renovation of your mind through God's word. Listen to what he says. So that, so, so, so that in order that you may prove or you may know what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, how do I know what it is that God is saying to me today? How do I know what changes there are that God's asking me to make today? How do I know what things need to be by the renewing of your mind? And here's what Jesus says in John 16, uh, verse 13. He, he says, remember, the Holy Spirit whom I send to you, he will lead and guide you into all truth. There's always changes there will always be changes that we need to make in almost every area, I would say every area of life. And the way we know what these changes are is through the renewing of our mind and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into all truth. We need the continual renewing of our mind so that we know what is the will of God in season, season by season, so that we live in the will of God. You know, one of the things that I, I think it's important that we just t take a moment and consider, and it's this, that all of life really, but I'll say this, all of scripture is, is held in tension. Well, what do you mean, Brandon, it's held, held in tension? Well, what I mean is there, there are truths that they are not competing, 
And they are certainly not conflicting because God's word does not compete or conflict with itself, but rather it holds itself in tension. I'll, I'll give you an example that's relevant to what we're talking about. You, you've heard Pastor Gill say this before, and you've heard me say, say this because Pastor Gill has said it and because it's a truth, but it's this, that sometimes it's not that you're not doing the right thing. It's just that you haven't been doing it long enough. Come on, if you've been around Lakeshore for any length of time, you've heard us say this before. It's not that you're not doing the right thing necessarily. It's maybe simply that you haven't done it long enough. And that truth comes from principles in, in, in God's word. For example, where scripture says that it is through faith and patience. It's through faith and patience, the continual obedience in the same direction for a long period of time. It's through faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God. So, so how, how do we take a truth like, like faith and patience, just continually doing the same thing? How do we take a truth like this, and, and how does it live in tension with the truth of Philippians chapter three, and, and we could say so many other places in scripture where God speaks to us about being willing to renew our mind, be led by the Holy Spirit, and to season by season change. I'll, I'll tell you how it holds intention. It's the realization that principles never change, but sometimes the application of them, it, it does change. I'll, I'll give you an example that's actually very relevant to today, uh, almost two years ago, two years ago in, in March, I believe, the entire world was affected by this global pandemic that we in some degree are still living in called COVID-19. And when COVID-19 happened, the principle of, of the house of God, of the gathering of God's people being essential did not change. I promise you right now, there, there was nobody in heaven scrambling. I promise you. God was not like, oh, man. Like, I wish I would have known about COVID-19 before I put scriptures in Psalms like, those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. Ah, we missed it. I promise you, the author of Hebrews, whoever he or she, she may be, was not like, man, we totally shouldn't have put in there do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together be because COVID. No, pr- principles didn't change. The principle that our feet and our life are to be planted in the house of God that God has called us to. We, we are not supposed to be church hoppers. We are not bunnies, my friends. We do not hop from place to place. No, we say, God, where have you called me to be? And wherever you've called me to be, I'm gonna plant my feet in that house. I'm gonna serve in that house. I'm gonna give in that house. I'm gonna be connected in that house. We plant our feet. That did not change. But how many of you know the application and the method begin to change, didn't it? We, 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 we start gathering online. We, we start connecting in the chat. We start, get, uh, we, we start, start getting on Zoom and we start having connect groups via Zoom. We start using technology like FaceTime and we start making phone calls and, and we said, hey, the principle does not change, but Holy Spirit, as this season is shifting and changing, how do we shift and change with the, with the season? I'll, I'll give you another example that, 
maybe is relevant to some of, uh, of the parents in the room, but, but I, I have this conviction in my heart about spending daily time with God. I know you've heard me talk about it before, but I have a conviction in my heart about spending daily time with God. And can I tell you that my four children who I genuinely and authentically, I believe they are a blessing from the Lord. It's just sometimes blessings are in disguise if you know what I mean. I'm, I'm kidding. I love my children, but, but they've complicated that. And so my idealistic way of every single day spending time with God, I, I've had to over the last seven years, as we've had four beautiful children who are blessings from the Lord, I've had to almost daily say, God, principles of your word have not changed. God, the, the truth of your word and the principles of your word, I will not stop being committed to getting your word in my heart. But God, the, the, the way that I thought about it and the way that I applied it and the way I gave myself to it in the last season, God, that's, it's, it's changing and it's shifting. And, and can I say this? Sometimes God will lead you into change because the seasons are changing. Sometimes God will lead you into change because the seasons are shifting. But can I tell, tell you sometimes, it's not that the seasons are shifting. It's that God is leading you into change because God is trying to take you up. God's trying to grow you. He's trying to mature you. God, God wants to see you step into more of the calling and the plan and the purpose that he has for you. And so yes, times and seasons change, but sometimes the change that God is trying to lead you into, it's not because of a season, but it's because he has more for you. Can I just say to, to you, whoever you are listening, watching this, whether you're in service today or you're watching online, God is trying to take you up. God's trying to increase you. He wants to put more of his spirit on you. He wants more of the anointing of the Holy Spirit to be flowing through your life. There's more calling. There's more purpose. God has more for you. And so what does he do? He, he leads us into, into change. He speaks to us and he directs us. Oh, I'll never forget when I was about 17, 18 years old. You've heard me tell the story, so I will not tell it again, but feeling called to ministry. I remember when I first felt called to ministry, God starts speaking to me. He started leading me in all these changes. Why? Not because the season necessarily had changed, but, but because he was calling me up to another level. Can I say God's trying to take you up? And I would say you, 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 you should let him. Here's the other thing that I, I think we should note this morning about change. You can write this down in your notes, number two. And it's this, that, that it's small changes that make a big difference. Small changes make a big difference. I don't know if you're anything like me, but I am definitely that guy that I swing for the fences more often than not when it comes to change. You, you, you can ask my wife, you can verify with her, but I'm not a guy who likes small change. If we're going to change it, we're going to change everything. Hey, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it all the way. And, and I will tell you that more often than not, as I have swung for the fences, I have struck out more than I would like to admit, not remembering that God's kingdom is not primarily a kingdom of these big, giant, sweeping changes. But more than anything, God's kingdom is a kingdom built on small Day by day, line upon line, season by season, changes. 
Mark chapter four, you can go there with me, verse 26 through 28, Jesus is speaking and he said this, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. Notice Jesus didn't say, the kingdom of God is as if a man should roll sod, should roll astroturf out. No, he said the kingdom of God is as, as, is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and he should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head. After that, the full grain in the head. What is Jesus saying? That his kingdom, it operates like a farm. And his kingdom operates through planting seed. And day by day by day, watering, being faithful, being obedient, and watching God bring breakthrough, and watching God do what only God can do, step by step, incrementally. I love just a couple verses later, Jesus says this, Mark chapter four, just to make it even more clear, verse 30 through 32, he said, then he said to what shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we picture? In other words, he's going, "Um, what, what picture can I give you to show you what my kingdom is like? He goes, oh, I know. He said, it's like a mustard seed, which when it's sown on the ground is smaller than all the seeds on the earth. But when it's sown, it grows up and it becomes greater than all the herbs and shoots out large branches so the birds of the air may nest under its shade. What what is Jesus saying? He said, you you wanna see a good picture of how my kingdom works? It's not big, giant, sweeping, earth-shattering, monumental change steps. It's, he said, well, it's kind of it's like this, this mustard seed. It seems so small. It seems so in, in, insignificant. It seems like, how, how's, how's this even gonna do anything? He said, but when it's sown in the ground and when it's watered, And when it's cultivated, it begins to grow and it begins to increase and it becomes larger than you could have ever imagined. Paul says in Ephesians, he says, man, God, he's exceedingly able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can think, dream, or imagine. I don't know if you're a parent, but have you ever been challenged by one of your kids I don't mean challenged like they won't stay in their bed because I think we've all been on that struggle bus. Can I get an amen in the church? But, but I mean challenged by something they say, something they do, and you think, man, I, I need to be more like that. My son Graham, he's three, and um, a couple days ago, he was eating an apple. I was in the other room, and I was working on the computer, and all of a sudden, I, I hear Graham. He goes, oh, Whoa, he goes, Evelyn, that's our seven-year-old. Evelyn, come look. Evelyn said, what? He goes, it's an apple seed. And, and he runs in the room and he goes, dad, it's an apple seed. We can plant an apple tree. I said, yeah, kind of. And he goes, can I go plant it? And I said, yeah. So first of all, he had it wrong. He said, dad, so can you give me some orange juice? because I'm gonna pour orange juice on it and then throw it in the dirt. I'm like, that's not how you plant it. Uh, take your finger. I said, go make a little hole in the ground. 
put the seed in there, cover it up, and then here's a little thing of water, go, go, go pour water on it. He was so excited. My wife, she got home that day. He said, mom, I planted an apple tree today. And j- just a couple days later, he, he was outside. And um, he walks inside and I said, Graham, hey buddy, how's your apple tree? And he looks at me and he goes, oh dad, it's not gonna grow yet. And, and in that moment, I felt like the Holy Spirit speak to me, faith like a child. Jesus, he said in other parts of the New Testament that those who receive or those who understand his kingdom are those who have faith like a child. And I thought, man, I want to be more like my son, Graham, in a sense that, that I can plant seed. I can take steps of obedience. You know, sometimes we get discouraged and sometimes we get frustrated because we want God to give us the whole plan. I was just meeting with someone this week and they said, Brandon, I know God has a plan for my life, but I just don't know what it is. And I said, that's because God doesn't always give you the full picture. Matter of fact, often he doesn't. But what he does is he leads you and I in steps of obedience. This is why the Bible says that the righteous man, his steps, step by step, are ordered by the Lord. God doesn't give us the full plan more often than not. No, what does he do? He gives us the next step. You, you, you've probably heard this saying before, trust the process. Can I tell you that you and I, we need to trust God's process. Come on, I, I don't know who you are. I don't know, again, if you're in service or you're online, but can I just tell you, you need to trust God's process because as we listen and follow and we take steps of faith and obedience, small changes, incremental changes, it's the small decisions, small steps of obedience, small steps of faithfulness that, that eventually as we consistently walk in his ways, they work exponentially. And they lead to great breakthrough. You know, really what we're talking about, and you can write this down, point number three here this morning, really what we're talking about is we're talking about the reality that God brings breakthrough as we obey. God brings breakthrough as we obey. Remember with me, the theme for this series is only God can do it. So we're not talking about a system or a process of evaluating and determining a new plan based on some goals we have so we can get to the the, the destination we want. No, the world does that. And what does the Apostle Paul say? He says, don't be conformed to the pattern of the world. Don't, 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 Don't do that. And can I just tell you that? That process of going, all right, well, what's my goals? It's 2022. 2022, time for a new you. What's my goal? What, how do I want to be better? How do I want to be different? What are the things I want? What are my dreams? What are my aspirations? All right, well, let's just stop. How you, how, come on, just a little self-talk. How you doing, buddy? Where you are right now? Okay, don't get discouraged. Look in the mirror. You can do it. You're amazing. You're amazing. Okay, what changes are we going to make? Let's make a plan. Let's start. That's what the world does. And it works to a certain degree. But that's not what we're talking about. Only God can do it. Come on, we need supernatural. We need the supernatural power of God. We need miracles. We need healing. We need deliverance from bondage. 
Come on, we, we, need, we need the supernatural provision where the windows of heaven open and all of a sudden there's things that are poured out. There's provision that's poured out that is so beyond anything we could have ever done that only God gets the credit. Come on, we need doors to open that we cannot open. We need opportunities to come forth that we cannot create or conjure up or network enough to bring. Come on, we're, we're talking about as a church, we want to see salvation. We want to see the lost flooding into the doors of our church and supernaturally being birthed into the kingdom of God as the Holy Spirit is cutting them to the heart and revealing unto them the person of Jesus. That is supernatural. And the supernatural does not happen because we go about things naturally. You can write that down and you, 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 you can remember that right there. The supernatural does not happen because we go about things naturally. What, what, what did Jesus say in John 3 or John 6 or somewhere in the Bible? He, he said, what's birthed in the flesh will, will only produce the flesh. That which is born of the flesh will be flesh, but that which is birthed or born in the spirit will be spirit. No, when we talk about this process, we're talking about coming back and saying, God, what is it you're saying? That's why we've been fasting. That's why we've been praying. God, what is it you're saying? God, God I, 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 I got to search the scripture. I, I need to be devoted to your word and study your word so I, I know what the word says. God, what's the word for my life? Asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me on more than just a surface level. Help me to evaluate and to know where am I really at? Holy Spirit, search me and know me and help me line by line, step by step to see the, 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 new, the new life, the new patterns, the new things you're asking me to step into. And then, and, and then we're, we're talking about today obeying God. Can I tell you, it is obedience that brings breakthrough. And I, I know that this may step on, step on some toes, but I'm, I'm not with you in person. So you're not stepping on my toes, you can step on your neighbor's toes. But do you know there's so many people that the reason you have not experienced breakthrough is because you have not obeyed. You know, one of the things that is so under-talked about, and I think uh, undervalued or recognized, is the importance of obedience. Obedience. We live in a culture and we live in a world that we don't like talking about obedience. We're, we're still trying to figure out a lot of times, how do I please man and also please God? You cannot do it. How, how, how do I live like, look like, fit in with all of my neighbors and all my coworkers and yet still be a man or a woman of God? You can't do it. Bible says that for one to be pleasing to God you cannot be pleasing to, to the world. And we live in a culture where we think obedience is legalism. Can I tell you that obedience is not legalism? For legalism is doing something to earn or deserve the approval or the love of God. Can I tell you there is nothing we can do to earn or deserve the love or the approval of God? No, that has been gifted to us through the finished work of Jesus. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, and Jesus, he came, he lived the life we could not live, he died the death that we deserve, and so that we, through his death, burial, and resurrection, we could have relationship with God. 
We are righteous. We're pleasing. We're at peace with God because of the finished work of Jesus. So, so obedience now, it is the recognition, I am not God. I am no longer the Lord, the boss, the ruler of my life. Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. And because you are God, you are the Lord of my life. Because you know all, you see all from beginning to end. Because you're the one who created me, lips, hips, and fingertips. Because you're the one who's already purposed and planned my life. You've already written in in your book every step, even though I haven't even taken one of them. Because you are God and I am not, I choose to obey. Whatever you say, I will do. Wherever you say to go, I, I will go. Whatever it is that you're asking me to remove, I will remove. God, I'm committed to say, I'm forgetting yesterday. And in whatever way you lead me as I renew my mind, I will obey. It is obedience, my friends, that brings breakthrough. You want breakthrough? You want the supernatural power of God to be poured out like never before. It comes as we obey. God brings breakthrough as we Obey. Proverbs 1.23, it says, turn at my rebuke and surely I will pour out my spirit on you and I will make my words known to you. Mark 7 verse 13, Jesus said, you make the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you've handed down and many such things you do. In other words, he says, you're experiencing no power. You ever wonder why you know a lot of verses, but you don't experience any power? He, he says, you make, my word of God, you, you make the word of God of no effect because you, you cling to your traditions. Well, this is the way we do it. Well, you know, we're, we're Americans. Come on. It's 2022. We're Americans. This is just the way we, you make God's word of no effect because of the way you've always done it, the traditions that we hold. Jesus says in Luke chapter 11, But he said, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. There's no blessing in the hearing, my friends. There's blessing in the obedience. And I don't know about you, but as I come into 2022, we're already almost all the way through this month and we're we're coming into February. As I'm posturing my heart to believe God to do what only God can do, I'm, I'm coming more and more to the realization that God will do what only God can do as I simply obey. And I, I'm, I'm telling you this morning, whatever it is God's been speaking to you, come on, whatever it is God's been talking to you, as we come back to God's word, we allow the Holy Spirit to help us to review and to revise and to restructure as we, as we say, Holy Spirit, help me to know what are you leading me into? As we obey God, God will do what only God can do. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.